Hello, this is Peter Davison, and you're listening to Discussing You. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back, and starting welcoming back, there's no welcome back that I can give other than one to the one and the only Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I am well, sir. I'm well, and, and hope you are as well. I'm especially uh, happy today because I spent part of the day running errands out and about, which is just good to get out of the house, right? But while I was doing it, I listened to our episode about Planet of Giants, which I, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, You know, we couldn't have had Planet of Giants, not the, because I kept wanting go. to say the, but Planet of Giants without Clarence Brown. Clarence Brown, how are you? Doing well, man. Uh, as always, you know, glad to be on with you guys talking about, what are we talking about exactly? <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about fandom in general and positive and toxic fandoms. And I just want to have a good conversation because listening to Planet of Giants, we actually made a comment in there. And that's what spurred this conversation that we're having tonight. In that episode of Discussing Who, we said, we talked about a Chibnall comment that someone had made specifically on Chibnall's birthday saying that they wished that he would die. And we commented on how absurd that was. Absurd indeed. But we do have a few items of newsworthy content. And the first item I have is, for longtime listeners of Discussing Who, you will know that Nicole Maza is one of our most favorite guests because she's been on probably more than anyone else as a guest host on Discussing Who. And so Nicole is officially a member of the Discussing Network now, along with Terminus, a Doctor Who podcast. So welcome, Nicole, officially to the Discussing Network. And as of this recording, happy birthday, Nicole. Interesting coincidence. Yeah, what she got for her birthday was us. (laughs) We're sorry about that. We really are. (laughs) Yeah. No returns. Could have done better, right. No returns. We don't get returned. Yeah, welcome aboard. And speaking of welcome aboard, following on her heels, we also have Jeremy Wilcox and the Fandom Squad podcast also joining the Discussing Network. Yes, but yes, welcome aboard, Jeremy, to this uh, Madcap crew. Yes, Madcap. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I actually really like that. We are a Madcap crew. So welcome again, Nicole and Jeremy. We're glad that you're here Before we move on, we've also got some feedback from Matthew Turnage. He is responding to our comment about the fifth anniversary of Discussing Who on our last review, of course, Planet of Giants. And he says, guys, I just wanted to say happy anniversary on five years of Discussing Who. Man, time sure has flown. Thanks for listening to us knuckleheads for so long. Uh, (laughs) We really appreciate you being aboard. Well, he says that he does not get to write in as often as he did at the very beginning, but he listens to all three of the discussing shows religiously. So that's dedication. Yeah, that is dedication. Yeah, Matthew's always commenting on Facebook as well as you know he's he's avidly writing into discussing Trek all the time. So yeah, thank thank you, Matthew. You know, I replied back to Matthew saying this, and I want to say this publicly. The time he takes to listen 
and sending that little note. And we have Vanessa McNamara. She sends us note all, notes all the time. And we've got a range of host of others that send us feedback. That is so cool to get that because it makes us, or, you know, for me, I don't want to speak for you guys, but it makes me remember there are people listening to us and it makes what we're doing worthwhile because we're adding positivity to someone's day. You can, you're speaking for me when you say that. That's a, otherwise, why do it? Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) See, great minds think alike. So speaking of great minds thinking alike, right before we move on, I wouldn't, well, I won't say my mind is anywhere as great as hers or yours, Lee Shackelford, because you guys are both writers and creators. But I had so much fun this weekend sitting down virtually and talking with Shannon Perry one-on-one, first time ever having a one-on-one conversation with Shannon that we turned into a mini-esque episode of Oz 90 discussing comics that's out right now as a special episode. And Lee, she mentioned you in our conversation, but you actually have a message back to her. So I'll let you share that. Well, she said that she, uh, one of the things she cherishes is a comment that she received a, a, a you know a a, a four a five star rating on on iTunes as it was then about Oz Nine and she just loved what that that commenter said and it was me and uh, we we didn't know each other at the time but uh, now uh, on my new website uh, promoting all of my different kinds of enterprises at shackelfordfreelance.com, I've got a little testimonial panel up there and one of the first things I wanted to do was to put up a lovely quote from her. So the favor is much repaid because now you go to my site and what you get is her waxing poetically about how awesome I am. So it's just a big, big love affair. But yeah, people may be puzzled as to why you'd be talking about this uh, podcast of hers on discussing comics. That doesn't seem to make any sense. So people, you got to go over there to discussing comics and find out why. Yes, indeed. Mm. And if all of the stars align and, you know, fixed moments in time solidify, Lucas Elliott, the creator of the visuals of Oz 9, and I should be having a conversation soon for discussing comics. So I can't wait to have that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So there you go. So, yes, check out the special episode of discussing comics. Absolutely. So gentlemen, as much as I want to do it, I cannot find a very good reason to tell people that if you don't know anything about toxic fandom, put us on pause, think about it, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky too. <laughs> no, I, th- I think actually that made a lot of sense, Kyle, because I, I would hope that we should be able to talk about things that, um, I don't know, go the, the breadth and, and width and length of some of these franchises. So people should just be warned. If you're not fully up to speed on everything, <laughs> <laughs> then we may, uh, you know... Well, yeah, you're right. There may be some spoilers if you've not listened or to our reviews or even seen the reviews of series 11 and 12 
mm-hmm. of Doctor Who yeah. that might fall in the range of you may want, not want to listen to this, but we're going to try our best to keep it generalized. But there are, you're right, there are some things that are going to come up. Yeah. That being said, I don't think that you could get around knowing that the doctor is a woman now. You know, the current incarnation right, kind of, of the doctor yeah. is a woman. I think that's, you know, out there. That being said, I purposely did not prepare, other than preparing the questions, I didn't prepare notes for this conversation because I just wanted to have a conversation between three friends who happen to be podcasters and get our thoughts on why there is such negativity. And part of this, Clarence Brown, comes from an article you wrote specifically targeting or talking about, focusing on the Star Trek fandom. And I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but what made you want to write that article that is on medium.com? Yeah, I wrote that so long ago. I'm trying to remember what all I said. (laughs) <laughs> but no, uh, that particular article was kind of a spinoff of uh, a talk I was supposed to do for Nerd Night Memphis. And uh, the article kind of just sprung up out of that or just really my talking points for that very nervously done speech <laughs> that I did in Nerd Night Memphis. So, yeah, that that's kind of where it kind of started at. But again, put it in written form and clean up some stuff. And yeah, that's that's kind of how it all started. So you ask the question in your article that says, what is toxic fandom? And you define that you define it very eloquently. And I want to say what you said or say what you wrote, actually. While there is no hard and fast definition for toxic fandom, we can certainly take the root meanings of the two words and come up with a pretty good guess. I would summarize it as a state of possessiveness and entitlement, which leads to a feeling of superiority among a fan community. Yeah. And and when thinking about that, it's funny because as a IP or a franchise, those are kind of at least half of that are kind of the things you want from your fan base. You want them to have a sense of ownership and feel like they are a part of this big thing. Uh, whether it be Star Trek, Doctor Who, you know, insert your fandom here. But that's kind of the, what you want from people who are consuming your content. But I definitely feel like there is a point that some of those feelings can lead to a sense that um, they, you know, more than the next person and, and leads to a, a bevy of, of toxicity among uh, people who truly do love whatever the franchise is. And it's just kind of sad. <laughs> when it gets to that point. And I think the feeling that you, your feelings about the franchise are more important than the feelings or ideas of the people who uh, are creating the content. Yeah. Yeah. So Lee, let me ask you this question because this is one of my questions. Mm-hmm. I want to point this one to you based on what you just said. Who owns the characters? Yeah, it's a complex question. And um, I mean, this, this is the, the realm of the psychological research and and thinking that uh, that my wife does and she and I talk about this all the time think about I'm answering your question with a question but that's <laughs> you know so you ask me a question I'm going to ask you a question back I think think about um somebody playing a role 
let's say uh, a Jodie Whittaker. She has okay. she has a personality, right? She has a physical appearance. She's given a script that is just words on the page. She has some knowledge from her other experience of the show of what the rules, guidelines, and backstory of the character are. She goes before the camera and she says what's in the script, bringing to it everything that she marshals as an artist, right? Yeah. So what are we looking at? Where, where is the doctor? Is the doctor in the words that she was given to memorize and to perform? Is the doctor in the performance? When, when you look at her, are you looking at the doctor? Or are you looking at Jodie Whittaker? Is it possible to do one without the other? You know? So, so even from that dimension, it's really complicated. And then each of us as audience members, we come to the experience of participating in whatever fiction it is that we've gotten caught up in. So when this actor speaks these words that have been written for her to say, we're bringing to that our understanding that comes from our life experiences from our biases, from our uh, open-mindedness, from our, our loves and hates and, you know, our, our lifetime of tears and laughter. So that enters into it, too. Somewhere in the middle of all of that is the character and the experience. And, and your question is, who owns it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, this is getting deep. <laughs> yeah. But I think it has to be It deep. has to. Yeah, I was going to add, there's something so interesting about that. The franchise of Doctor Who is so uniquely placed in that aspect because we have this character who is technically holding up quotes here, the same character. It could possibly lead to more of us invoking what we think that iteration of said character can be. I mean, other franchises, you have reboots and, you know, you go in with the understanding, Okay, this is a reboot totally different time frame or different interpretation of what we think this is going to be. And most of the time, not all, but most of the time we can kind of get over, you know, if it's vastly different, but with the doctor is so unique it's because it is the same character. It is the same, you know, it should be at least a lot of people feel it should be a lot of the same characteristics carried from one to another. And yeah, this is such an interesting question. <laughs> It's not just Doctor Who. I'm thinking of another fandom outside of comic books proper, but in the MCU, specifically in the MCU Falcon and Winter Soldier series, there's a gentleman who is playing the new Captain America. And in the first episode, he all he did was walk down some <laughs> stairs and they showed his face and the Internet went crazy attacking him. Most punchable face in the MCU. <laughs> yes. And all he did was walk down the stairs, but he was not Steve Rogers. And he was not Sam Wilson. And that was the point of the reveal. I mean, he's not supposed to be either of those people. And, that, and that, that's part of the story. Here's somebody else. Here's somebody maybe you don't know yet. Okay. But people online were going after his physical appearance. They were critical yep. of what the guy looked like. Yeah. Like, Really? Man, you can spin this so many different ways. And particularly for Yuli and Kyle, your love of comics, and this even extends to books, you know, as the Harry Potter and the Game of Thrones fans will know. uh, When you're extending, you look at the character that's written on the page of these franchises, the people that have grown to love and read and create this own world in their mind. And 
you know, when that goes to the screen, you know, how that's interpreted. So there's so many ways you can slice it up when you look at the character specifically that it's interesting. Carol Danvers. Yeah, Carol Danvers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that character in the comics. So therefore it translated into the movie. Yeah. But, you know, one, one of my favorite books is uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World, which I think should be remembered I think he wanted it to be remembered right up there with uh, the Sherlock Holmes stories that he created because uh, the lost world, the challenger and his friends discover has uh, living dinosaurs in it. And this is around the turn of the last century. So think of how many skull islands we've come across in fiction since then. (laughs) Conan Doyle did it first. And the central character of this book and of some of uh, his other stories is this larger than life, extraordinary character, Professor Challenger. And there have, there have been all these movies since then. They've, they've made The Lost World over and over again many times. And then other things that are supposed to. And nobody has ever come anywhere close to presenting Challenger the way he is in the books, as I love him. I just keep thinking, that's supposed to be Challenger? Okay. All right. Yeah. You can call him Challenger, but that's not Challenger. It doesn't make me want to hurt the guy who's playing him. It doesn't, you know, I don't, I just say, well, no, that's. That's not what I envisioned, but, but gee whiz, it doesn't, <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten angry about it. But you know what's so weird is I left something in that I said in the conversation that I had with mm. Shannon, because whenever I heard it back, I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe <laughs> I said that. But I knew we were having this conversation, so I left it in as an example. When we were talking about the different characters, I brought up the character of Jesse, and I actually said in the conversation that I wanted, you to, wanted to hit beat her. Up yeah, I heard Jessie. that. <laughs> you know, Bonnie Brantley, I'm friends with on Facebook. She's hilarious. I love her to death. And I love the character of Bonnie. But because of something that Jesse does in the yeah. series that ticks me off, I said that on right. instinct, not even thinking. And I think sometimes we as fans say things about these characters that we feel like we own on instinct because we feel like we That's own right. them. Yeah, taking us back to the initial premise, but yeah. But see, in this case, I I think, I mean, I just adore Bonnie. And I, I think she would be she would be pleased to hear that because uh, Jesse is supposed to be a rough around the edges, apologizes for nothing character who is in conflict with Madeline, who we like, because she seems kind of helpless. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, we're, we, we do, we do want to take up for, for Madeline and fight with Jesse. You know, I, that's how it's written. And I think that's how she plays it. I think, I think she, she'd get a kick out of that. You were not saying, and, and we adored Donna. That's right. Who, who Bonnie also and plays. The same yes. actress. Right. Well, you were yeah. not saying that you wanted to fight with Bonnie. No, absolutely and, not. And I think there's the distinction that people who, don't like the current iteration of Doctor Who, they're going after Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. And I just saw something the other day about the uh, the the popular AT&T commercials and the the young woman who's been their their um cute chirpy face for for a while and that she has had to sort of renegotiate how those commercials happen uh because she, because of the hate mail she gets. Mm. Um I just think she's gorgeous. But there's some loons out there who said, uh, 
You see, this is me hiding behind my microphone and invisibly calling somebody I don't know a loon. But they are picking on her because her hips are wider than they think they should be. Man, that's just... It's just, it's, so she did a whole, she's done the last two or three of these commercials she's done, she's standing behind a desk. So let me ask you guys this question. This is a perfect pivot oh, to good. this question. How has social media, in your opinion, contributed to toxic fandom exactly like what you're just saying? If it's not the source, it is certainly the gasoline on the fire. Because everybody's a, everybody's a big man when they're hiding behind their username. And they can say anything they want without... Uh, you know, without uh, consequence. And, you know, uh, our our Constitution and Bill of Rights does protect us um, for, you know, we can we can say pretty much whatever we want. It does not protect us from the consequences of saying what we want. So, but in, in, the, in the miasma of social media, there actually are pretty much no consequences. You can get away with saying anything you want. And people do. Yeah, that makes me think of a story I did it was a podcast I did a while back, one episode with a friend of mine who was in GameStop and he got into a kind of scuffle with, you know, just some, I guess they're young 20 somethings that kind of took that same, you know, especially in gaming. I guess it hit gaming before it hit any other started to permeate. But, you know, it brought that same toxicity of, you know, oh, you like one particular franchise. We hate you, you know, because of that. And, you know, sometimes when that goes into the real world, there can be huge repercussions. <laughs> and it's just funny how uh, uh, with all the great things the Internet has brought us, um, social media um, has certainly had its challenges. Um, I mean, you know, look at the last four years and what it has brought upon the nation. So I do feel like social media is a main contributing factor. That's not to say social media is bad i think we just like lee said we have to be aware that you just because you can doesn't mean you probably should be saying a lot of things (laughs) and the person who just said this awful thing to you possibly is is somebody who is high who who lives in his mother's basement and (laughs) is only saying that because he can and has never been taught any better but yeah Yep. You you know, up until just about a month ago, I had an upstairs neighbor who played video games through the wee hours of the night. And if I can hear him without my hearing aids through the floor, that tells me he was loud. (laughs) And that being said, it was bleepity bleep, bleepity bleep, and bleep, 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 and a bleep, bleep, bleep. While he was playing the, you know, talking to trash I to see. whomever he, he was fighting on whatever game he was playing. And that my point back to what you guys are saying, he wouldn't be, well, I'm assuming, but I wouldn't think he would be doing that sitting across from somebody talking that kind of trash that he was talking to. He Maybe, might. I don't yeah, know, but, but still, but it's easier when you're not in front of that person. But, you know, there's also this thing that I guess I've always been aware of, but uh, my wife's research has really uh, helped me to kind of hone in on. And I guess, I guess this gets back to Clarence's original point. But this this whole thing about brand identification, it's so easy. It's so common for us in, in our consumer culture to decide that we are in love with something, almost anything, 
that has given us a great deal of pleasure. And then we wrap ourselves up with that. I mean, the three of us, we, we, we will play this game about Windows and Macs, right? <laughs> yeah. But sure. And, yeah. and I've become the arbitrator because I, I use both, right? So I can, <laughs> I can, I can sit over here and be Switzerland and you, you two fight it out. Yeah. But the thing is, I think, I think we all have healthy relationships with our operating systems and it's not, you know, it's not something that we really want to fight about, but, but you know that there are people who will get red in the face about, uh, their PC or their Mac. And, and it's because there is a degree to which we, and I'm going to say we, cause I know I do this. We get, we get wrapped up. Uh, we get, we let our identities get wrapped up with that thing that we spend a lot of time with and think about a lot and and care about it in a in a real way it becomes part of us yeah let's have a solid example i'll give you a, a very mm. good example luckily we are talking traditionally on discussing who about a fandom that appreciates and does not have anything negative toward people talking about their product but if we received a notice from the BBC tomorrow that says, as a fan-based Doctor Who podcast, you're no longer allowed to make content about our characters, talking about our characters. We would talk about something else, the three of us, I'm quite certain of, but this concept of discussing Who that we have had at part of our lives for five years would be null and void, and there's nothing we could do about it because we don't own... Right. Those characters. Yeah. What makes it interesting when you talk about in, inter fandom, you know, one fandom versus another, most of the time that's playful. You know, 90% of the time it's playful. You know, yeah. PC, Mac, and, you know, uh, the Wars versus the Trek and things like that are most of the times playful, but it's kind of discouraging. It's discouraging, excuse me, when the intra toxic fandom is kind of the bigger thing. When you have fans that both love something, we love the same thing, right? Why are we about to kill each other? And, I, you know, I have the same question to ask about big, important topics in the world, as well as about <laughs> uh, uh, fantasy IPs. But I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still stuck back on Kyle's scenario in which uh, we get a cease and desist from the BBC. I'm just looking around my <laughs> office here and looking at all my Doctor Who stuff and thinking, wouldn't all that stuff feel tainted after that? I I'd probably take a take some stuff off the shelf and say, yeah, well, but I mean, some people some people would react differently. But I, I, y'all know, y'all know <laughs> that uh, I had kind of a tussle with um, somebody in the Star Trek universe for for a time there. After you know, I saw the first episode of Star Trek when it aired <laughs> in September 1966. Yeah. That's how long I've been a Trek fan, and it took one person who actually worked at paramount to to make me take all my stuff off the shelf and say well maybe that was for kids and maybe i don't need this in my life anymore you know Aww. it just it just kind of spoiled it all for me and i've grown and i've come back <laughs> i'm back mm. so it's so, interesting because i want to ask this question before you yeah. move forward and i, and I want to pose it to both of you but it's a perfect point to ask this question is there a point when toxic fandom pivots and signals an issue with the brand itself? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think I, I, that's that's sort of where I was going with with my anecdote was that what what I had to sort out for myself was I realized that I had let Star Trek get so wrapped up with who I am that when somebody had 
had sort of cut me out of something related to Star Trek, I felt like they had gone after me personally. This is somebody who didn't even know who I was. You know, it did, you know, and I had to, so I had to untangle me and Star Trek. And I think, um, in the, what we've seen in the last, uh, six, eight years is people whose identities are so wrapped up with Star Wars. No, man. That people at, uh, Disney, at Lucasfilm, really felt like we had better look after these people or we're going to lose the franchise. And so they tended to their, their hurt feelings about things. And the result is three movies that don't seem to be connected to each other. Hmm. Yeah. See that, that to me, that's really the interesting part is when kind of this relationships, this relationship allows for the IP to be steered in a certain way. And I don't know how I feel about that. Honestly, you want the director, showrunner, producers to follow through in their creative vision, but also as a lover of said franchise, you want it to stay true to the core of what it is. It's kind of weird because we want our cake and eat it too. We want them to do something new and interesting, but when they do something new and interesting, we're like, uh, that that's not what I, you know... That's not exactly what I came for. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's, it's a weird, it's really a weird dynamic. I mean, especially, you know, bringing it back to Doctor Who, they do something new and different. And a lot of the fan base just are like, no, it's different. I'm not on board with right. that with, with, without even giving it consideration yeah. uh, most of the time. Now, we, did, there we are didn't mean that tr- different. We meant the other different. <laughs> yeah, the other different. Yeah. <laughs> Talking Doctor Who for a moment. <laughs> I wish that we lived in an alternate reality where Chibnall delayed his start for a year, maybe two. Jodie Whittaker still became the 13th Doctor, and Stephen Moffat wrote another series by Stephen Moffat. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Just bear with me. The only we are, it could have been RTD. My point being is there is this association because of timing mm-hmm. with Jodie Whittaker yeah. and Chibnall coming sure. in together and they're paired together. Unfortunately, the negativity that's been around that has, I think, fed into, oh, well, it's because she's a woman. I guess. I, I don't believe that. But I think some people in the fandom do believe that. I, I haven't heard that, although I have honestly learned how to uh skip past scroll past and tune out a lot of negativity so it may be that people are saying that and i just don't know because i don't want to hear it but um but no i wasn't arguing with you about uh, Stephen moffat writing a first year of jody whitaker what i was uh, the subtext of what i was saying was you're making my mouth water that would have been got you <sighs> wow yeah let's hop in our tardis and go back and make that happen <laughs> because wow but what a what a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity. So let me ask you guys this. In my but speaking still on yes. Doctor Who, do you think that this negativity surrounding Chibnall, do you think it has hurt the Doctor Who brand? Or could it be that the popularity during especially the late Tenet and the Matt Smith eras simply wasn't sustainable? Mm. Thoughts? Mm. Well, yeah, I was just remembering that um, when Colin Baker became the doctor that apparently fan response was pretty negative 
And some of that is because one of his first stories is one of the worst scripts of all time, <laughs> in my opinion. And there may be many who disagree. Twin Dilemma. But the BBC stood by him to the extent of having Perry complain about how he acts. And the doctor says to Perry, well, I'm the doctor now, whether you like it or not, <laughs> which <laughs> seems to have been a, you know, a, a, he could have almost have turned to the camera and said it. And when people complained about um, Jodie Whittaker, the BBC, you remember, they did an official response that basically said, well, she's the doctor now, whether you like it or not. So I don't feel like they are much affected by, like, they, they're going to do what they're going to do. That, that's the way it seems to me anyway, just as, you know, an observer reading the, the, the magazines from across the ocean. So Clarence, what do you think? Uh, give me the question one more time. I kind of lost it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I <laughs> rambled off of that, but yeah. Do you think the negativity surrounding Chibnall has hurt the Doctor Who brand, or could it be that the popularity seen during the late Tennant and Smith oh, yeah. eras simply wasn't sustainable? Oh, that's a hard one. You know, it's easy to say that it is not sustainable, but yet it was very popular for a really long time. I mean, very popular. Uh, I think back to, you know, keep talking about Trek. In the 90s was kind of its heyday. The late 80s, early 90s, all throughout the 90s, actually, was kind of its heyday, for me at least. And, you know, after a while, it just started to feel long in the tooth. So how do you keep something that you've flushed out so much? How do you keep it fresh and new? Well, let's let's go back. Let's do something different. And then you see a lot of people don't like that. So, again, like I think there's just such a huge charge to try to do something new and different but keep it the same um i I very much would have liked uh the showrunners to stay on for one year during that transition to jody whitaker i think it would have greatly benefited because you know i hate to rag on chibnall but his his style of story is just so different i feel and i think that's what's putting a lot of people off i really a lot of ways i really don't think it matter who the doctor was, whether it was a man or a woman. I think his writing is just so different, you know? And, and again, you know, thinking of how huge Dr. Who is and was, and, and even still remains for that matter, it's hard to keep that up and keep it at its peak and still do something different. And we also have to factor in too. And we've, we've mentioned on discussing who before the concept of music matters and the story that was told through those first 10 series over, you know, from 2005 to 2018, basically, was all told by Murray Gold. And no, you know, deference or, you know, slight on Aganola's music, but his style and storytelling in a musical sense is so unlike Murray Gold. Yeah, you, you also took that feeling, that underlying that undertone of, of musical composition that we're used to away as well. And I, I do feel like, you know, as much as I like to say the music is not that important to me, I do feel like that's part of it as well. You know, just the tone is so different uh, with that music being, you know, scored in an entirely different way. It's just something else that bleeds into the notion that, man, what what, what are we doing here? 
So let's pivot to us based on what you just said. What are we doing here as podcasters? And Clarence, I'll let you take this one first. As podcasters, what role do we play in contributing to and or combating toxicity? Well, first of all, I think we are great stewards of the franchise, uh, not the rag on ourselves. But I think as podcasters, you know, I think just our very nature of, you know, the three people on this call, we tend to look at the positive positivity in things. Even when it may not be exactly what you want, I think that's just the type of people we are. Now, you do have those people and they're probably some of the most popular YouTube channels out there. <laughs> it's all they do is rag on stuff. That is their MO. That is all they do. And they have scores of listeners, scores of followers, subscribers. But, you know, I, one of the unique things I love about us is that, you know, even if it's something we don't like, we try to find the positivity on it. And then nine times out of 10, we could walk away with a happy attitude because we're going into it in, in a, with a positive mind frame. I, I couldn't agree more. Sometimes it's a conscious effort, but most of the time I, I think uh, Clarence is right that that's just who we are. And I don't. I don't want to sit around and complain about something for an hour every Tuesday night when we record. I don't, you know, that's, that's not my idea of a good time. I know that there are people who, who have a certain animus, have a certain energy that they enjoy exercising by getting together with people and being angry about it, whatever it is. And it's something that I've never, I don't feel it. And so I've never understood it. I would not want to play a video game with your, your next door neighbor, you know, that's not my idea of a good time <laughs> to be cursing and uh, yelling at somebody through my headset. That's just, uh, I don't want to do that. Why not talk about the things that we love and enjoy about this show, even episodes that we don't like? I mean, it seems to me that what we do, what the three of us do is that we can get thrilled by the shows that we really, the episodes that we really like. And then we have a ball laughing at the ones that we don't. Yes. So it ends up being positive no matter what. And it doesn't mean that we can't, like you guys were saying, it doesn't mean that we cannot dislike something. We absolutely no. can. No. And and out of the three of us, I'll just come out and say, I think I would be the one of the three of us more inclined to get on a soapbox and rant, hence my rants about, in the past, Zack Snyder. <laughs> but I can also eat crow if I need to, after what you yeah, see, what absolutely, I'm saying, it's yeah. it's we're not as podcasters, we're not the end all be all, end of all time. We're not all knowing, et cetera, Ooh. and so forth. We're just That's fans, right. just like the people that we're talking about. And I think you guys hit it very well in saying, if we focus on the bad, you're going to find it. But why not just enjoy the joy? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> So let me let me ask you guys this question, kind of start to wrap mm. us up. What do you think is the fandom with the most vocal toxicity? <laughs> is, is that a constructive question? Uh, <laughs> it is because I'm going to I'll, I'm going to flip oh, good, it in just good, a moment. I was going to say, let's end by really ragging on somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess the, the what what I've heard the most is, is, uh, for whatever reason is, uh, is star Wars. There was, there's something in these last three movies for everybody to hate and boy, they do. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that'd be my vote. All right. What do you think, Clarence? What's the one you think has the most toxic fandom? 
Yeah, I have to agree with Lee on this one. It it most certainly has to be Star Wars. Um, yeah, I, I don't know any other way to put it. And I, don't, I guess I can go in detail of why, but that would be <laughs> I'd be added to the toxicity. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy Why, there's no reason to hate rose he just went in there and played her part come on people exactly are we really that's really the soapbox we're getting up on for right right i don't I, i'll never i will go to my grave not understanding that one i don't <laughs> i don't get it oh my gosh so i have an explanation uh, for that one let's say we are all and i may have even used this in a podcast before but i'm going to use it again we're five people of the same age, of the same sex, from the same city, that look exactly alike, and there's no difference between the way we talk, the way we look. We are duplicates for all, every intent and purpose. One person stands in the middle, two people stand on the left side, two people stand on the right side. Give them time, they're going to hate the person in the middle because he thinks or she thinks they're better than the others. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. We're going to find something to distinguish and dislike the other. There has to be an other to make me, whatever the me is, feel better. That's just my thought. So I will agree, Star Wars was probably the most toxic. I think the fandom that may have the least toxicity, I kind of want to say Harry Potter, but I'm not quite Mm. sure. But I will say that I think Doctor Who has one of the most welcoming fandoms. I don't know if it's the least toxic, but I think it might be, if not just a little bit more, definitely tied with Star Trek as probably being the two with the most welcoming of fandoms. So that's who I would say has the least toxicity. Clarence, what do you say? What's the least toxic in your opinion? Mm, I have no idea. Least toxic. Football? I don't know. (laughs) NFL? I don't know. Oh, come on. (laughs) Hey, it's a franchise. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen people set each other's houses on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. And there was this fight I saw the time I went to a New Orleans game, so maybe that isn't a piss. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I think Harry Potter probably as well, but then again, there's a whole nother... Not necessarily toxicity, but, you know, trouble with that particular franchise. So I think everyone has their quirks. You got to think, too, like, where is that toxicity coming from? Harry Potter, as far as the fans and how they interact with the IP, no. But you have other underlying things that people don't really, really problems with that IP uh, as far as, you know, who wrote it, stuff like that. So, yeah, I, think I don't if, know. If you take Joe Rowling out of it, I think I'd have to agree with uh, Harry Potter that I I don't experience people fighting over Harry Potter. That, uh, yeah, one of the things that fascinates me about that um, intellectual property, in fact, is that is the degree to which people have embraced not being Gryffindor, you know, <laughs> that I know people who are proud to call themselves Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaw, you know, and Slytherin yeah. for that matter, you know. So uh, they discovered that there was something for everybody, and that they that they don't all have to be the same. And that's, I think that's that's really lovely. We took something negative, we took something positive. We chose to to mention the negative. We chose to see the positive, and if you talk it out, 
you can come to an agreement because all three of us ultimately wound up in some fashion saying Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Keeping an open mind. And I think that was where I wanted to kind of go is to talk about toxic fandoms, but also realize, and maybe as a reminder to myself, reminder to anyone listening, reminder to the three of us, try to find the positive because there's plenty of negative. There is. But you know what is very positive? is that I want to know what you guys might be reading or watching that you would positively like to share with people who are listening. Reading, listening, or watching. Lee Shackelford, what might that be? Oh, why do I have to go first? Oh, oh. You know what I've just rediscovered? Because um, I teach an introduction to cinema class, and I'm always rethinking my, uh, my list of films. So I've dropped a film out of the rotation, and in its place, I have added Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, which is a film from 40 years ago. But my God, it is as timely as tomorrow's headlines. And that's the institutional truth. Ruth. Mm. <laughs> so if you're not familiar, and you would like to see a very young Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson, if you'd like to see a very young uh, John Turturro, if you like, it's, it's just a great cast. Including a guy who will grow up to be Moff Gideon. Ah. Anyway, but... Um, oh, exactly. And here he is as bugging out. But I, I think it is a truly, truly great film. It is a tough film to watch because Spike Lee knew what he wanted to do and he does not blink. He does not blink from, from what he wants to do. But he asks... It's a, it's a very enjoyable film that asks tough questions of its audience. And there's something in it to offend everybody. I can guarantee you that. Too. <laughs> anyway, do the right thing. For me, I'm still watching Snowpiercer. I know I'm like a broken record here, uh, <laughs> but I'm still enjoying it. So, yeah. you know, uh, check that one out. And of course, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're, oh, I think, halfway through the six episode run, and I'm enjoying mm-hmm. that very much. Oh, it's only six episodes? Yeah, I think it's only six, unfortunately. Oh, wow. <laughs> Darn. I wish I would. I thought, I thought it would be at least eight, but hey. I'm enjoying it too, so woohoo. Oh, yeah. I got a pleasant surprise uh, right before we started recording. I was looking through my email and I thought on BritBox that this would be coming out late in this month, meaning like toward the end of the month, being late in the month. But the first couple of episodes of season 10 of something that I really, really enjoy, Death in Paradise, is out right now. So I'm going to go watch it as soon as we. Uh, stop recording because they're bringing back people that have been gone from since like second season so can't wait to go watch that death in paradise which has chris marshall in it several seasons who i think would be a fantastic doctor who so fyi so gentlemen thank you as always for joining me and for everyone listening thank you also as well if you have any feedback we want to hear yeah. what you think what do you think about toxic fandom were we on the mark were we did we miss the mark let us know and as always you are appreciated and we will be back next time you've been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com <laughs>